If I die tomorrow, I hope you hear these words. I ain't here to flip no birds or sip no serve. Hope the future generations can get this urge. Stay woke, youngin', and avenge these nerds. Uh. Welcome back to another episode of Nerds and Rounds, guys. It's your host, Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. And your boy, Tone, from across the hall. And um, again, we have another great creator series for you guys. Again, we are always looking and scouring for great creators to bring to you, um, regardless of whatever it is they're doing. I mean, we've had rappers, we've had artists, we've had um, cosplayers on the Painters, show, voice actors, all of them. All uh, kinds. But today we bring you a company of two siblings that are working together that do wood making, that make some great stuff that you have to, like after this interview, once you're done hearing it, listening it, However, you're watching this or viewing whatever you're doing. If if you're seeing this through smoke screen, you have to check out their links, check out their stuff, commission them because again, um, their brand is all about quality and making sure they do is put you first. So, without further ado, I want to introduce Thomas Tassano and Leanne Robeson. What's up, guys? How are you? Hey, thank you, Sebas. Doing great tonight. Hello, hello, welcome, welcome. Hey, thank you for coming on. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Well, we want to welcome you guys to the jungle. Um, that is turns it around. So we like uh this is kind of like our trademark question that we ask everyone because we want people to know who you are, how you guys got started and everything. So give us that origin story. How did you guys get involved and what was the influence becoming the creators that you guys are today and building the company that is known as the Sasano Company? So that actually falls a lot to my sister Leanne's influence here. Um, she, I met her when I was like roughly 18, 19, uh, maybe a little bit 17. I don't know. 17? Yeah, somewhere or somewhere like I was senior in high school, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. And so we had, my mother had a mutual friend and Leanne moved in with this mutual friend of my mom's and I was also staying there to finish out high school. Uh, and that's, I think I talk about that in your podcast law and the, what's your story. Um, but I never told Leanne's side of the story because I wanted to have her here to tell it herself, uh, because she saw that I had this aptitude for creativity and woodworking and all this other stuff. And she was like, I'm going to mentor you because it seems like no one else is taking the time. Well, I mean. It, like they said they saw a six foot goth he, he kid was, they're like he was kind of making a lot of mistakes the mistakes uh, that i had made there it is from repeating my mistakes honestly that's that's like how it started because you know you're told go to college get an education and he was so smart and kind of like wandering it's probably not the right word but it was trying to help him you know not make the same mistakes that I had made. So I made different ones. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily go. always better. <laughs> yeah. But they have it's, been they have been different. It's yeah. all learning opportunity. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Listen, yeah. A, a sibling will tell you the truth. That's that's all you gotta know. That's it. But yeah. oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, so interesting factoid, um, I have, as again, I detailed in the What's Your Story, I have a family of choice. Leanne is part of that family of choice. Um, and we were always, like, it was always really funny because I would get home from doing something and then she'd be outside smoking on the porch of this house or whatever else. And she'd be like, 
okay, kid, listen, we're going for a car ride. I'm getting dunks because you fucked up and you need to know how. Excuse oh. my life. This is off to a great start. I love it. Well, okay, it wasn't that brutal, but you also have to remember anxiety-riddled teddy bear of a of an adult child, and and so I I took very I kindly to you. Hold on, hold on. You're not hold a monster, on, hold on. It sounds like Leanne <laughs> has right. a completely different take on this, and yes, I would like please. to hear that take. That's not quite what happened. <laughs> All right. When did I do that? I'm so confused. I, re- I always remember like midnight dunks runs where I would come in. I remember from doing sitting something. at the counter and like having conversations. You'd be like, why do I do this? And I'm like, because you're too much like me. Stop it. Like, I remember that being what happened. I don't remember. You fucked no. up. What did you do? No, no. I'm, there was that one time I disappeared for for like a day or a weekend or something, and Tammy did was you? tearing her hair out. Yeah, you don't remember oh that. My God, it would have killed you. You're right. You probably did fuck up then. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> back to you then. I don't remember that. I must have blocked that out. I'm like, oh, that was bad. That's funny. so. So no, I view her very much as uh, for all the anime people out there, much like the uh, the Genkai to to Yurameshi. Like that was that was the Ooh. whole dynamic. Yeah, I like so. to think of it as Kagome to Inuyasha. So I tell you to sit yeah. when you sit, but like eh. both apply. I feel like both work. Little, uh, <laughs> loosely. Uh, so Jesus. So let me ask you, since you brought up Inuyasha. Since you brought up Inuyasha, if you had the power to tell him to sit, would you use it? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, I would at some point. <laughs> I, I, I find it to be, he he doesn't listen sometimes. So I, I would find that to be a, an incredible power, at least when some conversations come about. And this is why she's the only person allowed to call me Tommy. This is exactly because it's a thing of like humbling me. Like everyone else, Thomas or Atlas or this big heroic name. And then her Tommy, sit down. I need to tell you something. Or you, you, you done goof. Not in a bad way, in a very stern mentoring way. And she always takes it like I'm. She's the villain. She's not. She's a very good like teacher. You're not. You're a very good teacher. So that's how that's how I take that. You just gotta be told those truths, man. Exactly. <laughs> Tough love. Leanne is the person telling me the truth. <clears throat> exactly. So. Tough and love without a filter. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, so one of the things I got from listening to your episode when you were talking to Law was this whole family of, of choice uh, thing. I think kind of all of us have have that. That I think I think more of the younger generation really taking the family of choice to heart because you get to choose those relationships versus the old school mentality of your family, no matter what you're born into, is going to get your back. Could you could you talk a lot a little bit about how that's so important to you, how close that is to you to have that family of choice with the upbringing that you did have? Um, that was really important for me because. And I went into this as far as it goes um, with being heavily involved in Al-Anon and like I'm open book about all of it, about all those kind of things. And that was what helped me. Oh, I'm focus. Yeah. Focus more or less is (laughs) like there were, there were kids in my family of choice, including, including Leanne. Um, She was, you were 28 or so 28 29 i want to say but either way um i'm trying to think of how to put it give me a second here 
I had the kid who was, you know, I had the friend who was good with math. I had the friend who was a jock eventually went into the military. I had, we had all the cookie cutter archetypes, the, the Lancer, the hero, the, you know, so on and so forth. And I was always the kid that made stuff. And so it was, we gravitated towards each other to fulfill needs that hadn't been met. And then we encouraged or tried to encourage each other's talents is kind of how that went. And so when mine came to, you know, to making stuff and to figuring out like practical problems, there's nothing I can't make. There's nothing I can't fix. There's nothing so on and so forth. Um, that's established and cemented my personality, my role. And that, and then Leanne knew I had that. So then it was the coat, the morals, the business sense, the, the setting boundaries, um, the, what do, what are people going to expect from you? What should you be giving them? Like, don't, don't give too much kind of thing. Um, didn't listen to that one. Never <laughs> listened to that one. No, don't listen. <laughs> I, yes, I have a hearing problem. So <laughs> I only hear what I want to hear is my problem. <laughs> So, um, but the family of choice in that it allowed me to, I didn't, even with my mother's side that I'm super, super close to, I didn't necessarily know how to show familial love to people that were supposed to have things that were just ingrained in common with me because I felt like a little bit like an alien sometimes. And so the family of choice that I built around myself very slowly showed me how to kind of reestablish those connections with those people and how important it was and, and what they were trying to say and how to approach things. And, and so I definitely needed developmentally needed the family of choice. So how it, how it helped me, it established my identity as a craftsperson. And then it showed me both what I was missing and how to express the things that I hadn't expressed previously or hadn't learned to express previously. Nice, solid. Yeah, definitely yeah, get that I mean, from my from my from the people that you choose that I've chosen around me. You know. So I want to know when did you guys decide to build the Tassano company? This this company again. Um, and I've seen a lot of the work. It's also like woodcrafting and, and um again Atlas. You you share all the time in our Discord the work that you guys do and um even when um we set you guys up to speak with like um, Rob Powers. And again, you guys also put customer service first. You put the customer service first. So when was it that you decided that, you know what, we're going to make this brand, make the Tassano company. Let's do this. What was that game plan? When did that all form together? Well, that we're, you're still going to get two different timelines because there was two different halves to it. That's, that's, I mean, that's why we got <laughs> you both here. Yeah. So it originally probably yeah. started with me. So I started a company that did not go well back in the early 2000s of MySpace. So disclosure for age um, <laughs> with eBay before like Etsy and all that stuff started. And I was working at a warehouse and I wanted to paint because I love to paint. I was like, why can't I just sell my artwork and paint? So in order to, if anybody remembers that far back, you had to learn to code your own websites. You had to learn to market your stuff individually. And I'm sitting at my computer doing code, teaching myself code. And I'm like, there's got to be an easier way to do this. 
I'm like, isn't it, shouldn't there just be a place where some artists can come together and sell their stuff as a brand? And it didn't go well. So then fast forward, probably we'll say while this one calls me and he's like, oh yeah, I've got this great idea for a business. It's going to be great. And it's this and it's that. And it's this. And I was like, you stole my business model. He goes, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So, so like I learned code and I was like, oh my God, it's just, I mean, it's so much easier now. And I'm very grateful that the platforms are easier and I'm kind of excited about the way the world is going now where things are more online and like we can even do things like this. So it's hopefully we can do more things. All right, Tommy, that's all you. <laughs> so. So then on my side of the timeline, I was going through high school. I had just met Leanne. I was doing all this stuff with craft. I was learning things from my grandfather. Um, and that's where the name comes from. Is my grandfather's name is Sano. And my last name, my or my legal last name was Tufts. And so I had been told I'm too tough to be a Sano and too Sano to be a Tufts. So I just went. And that, there it was. It was, it was that. So um, Leanne was like, you're really good with people. And I'm like, wait, what? No, I'm not. I'm really good. No, I'm not. I'm good with people. What? And so she's like, okay, you have a story. You have this, this name. You, you, you want to do this. You want to do your woodworking. And, and that's something that we can, we can ride out. Ride out. Or, well, I <sighs> make it sound like it's going to fail. No, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. That's not at all what happened. You called well, me and you're like, dude. Yeah. And I was like, but, all right. Uh, okay. I guess I so, have to help you. <laughs> I love but it. I was I like, it. you totally be in the front man because I don't do well with that. So so either way, so I had this thing where I made a brand out of my family history and heritage. Like I made it's not a story. It's the actual, like, it's not a made up story. It's the actual brand of how it worked. My great grandfather that came over from Japan worked for the railroad. That's why there's a tie hammer on our logo. I was known for my guitar building and woodworking in high school. That's why there's an ax. And then the two little heraldry symbols that I have down here, like this is the original, this is the OG logo t-shirt, by the way. Um, it says forge ahead and follow through. And that has to tie into um, mental illness and keeping up motivation, like forge ahead, no matter what, follow through, keep your promises was, was my whole thing. And I said, that ties in to the hammer and the ax forge ahead for, you know, blacksmith, haha, follow through the swing of the ax. And so that, that was the thing. And we actually have stickers now forge ahead whoop, shiny, and follow through. And Very cool. So, the whole idea was that, so here's, here's some of Leanne's artwork that I'm going to show off. She has, what is, what is Brooklyn again? A, a snail? Brooklyn is a snail without a shell. Yeah. <laughs> so, and so she has, you know, Brooklyn as stickers. And then we have Mikey. We have some of his stuff. So the idea was, was that take a bunch of artists who want to focus on creating. There's Zell. She did our new logo. Um, so take a bunch of artists who want to focus on creating, unite them under one brand, and then lead the way with my own woodworking, use their assets, either as laser engravables, as stickers, as t-shirts, 
as whatever else and create a brand that is giving back to the artists. So we have a model. I won't give away the complete sauce, but basically we commission the artists and we also give them a cut of when their stuff sells. So if one of Mikey's stickers sells, he gets a cut of that sale after the fact, after he's already been paid for the commission. Uh, and that's, that's how that works. So they can focus on creating stuff for us while we can turn around and use it in handcrafts and t-shirts and stickers and whatever else. And that's the whole thing. And then they get to take pride in saying like, Hey, I'm a Tucson artist. I believe. And I do this thing where I get up every day, no matter what. And I find a way to either create or just keep going or keep to my promises and my words. And that's necessarily like what it means. That's what the whole brand is about. So, um, because I, and I was completely candid with this in Law's podcast, like I have a form of depression that physically slows me down, a psychosomatic, which basically means I feel it in nerves, muscles, and so on and so forth. So physical labor should be antithetical to me, should be my worst enemy, but it's actually incredibly cathartic and where I work out a lot of my problems and issues. And so I take a lot of pride in that work because it's not just me, you know, doing these handicrafts, it's me working through making a cutting board, making a bookshelf, making a whatever I'm, I'm doing in my woodwork, um, or any of my other mediums, and working through the things that I need to, to be a better person, and to make a living for these other artists. They're, they serve as accountability, not just for not just to drive profit, but to make sure that I'm getting up and doing it because these guys have signed with me to say, yeah, I'm going to give you my artwork if, but you need to do something great with it. Awesome. You've answered my own, my, 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 one of my questions, which was how you discovered and figured out your, your slogan of, of forge ahead and, and follow through and looking, looking at all the artists that you have and, and looking at all the names, I see that a majority of the artists tend to be in, in the spitballers uh, who you have a personal relationship with have uh, other artists you don't have a personal relationship with reached out to you based off, you know, what you're pushing out in social media and all the things that you're, you're selling. And, and if not, what is the type of artist that you're looking to work with? Cause you know, there needs to be a connection, but you also need to kind of have a, a base uh, standard for what you're looking for, who you're trying to work with, if you don't have that personal connection that you have with the folks that you already work with. So we did have one. Okay. And that was, that was Leanne uh, knows him, Sean Pierce, and he's a New England photographer. Um, and Sean is right now working very hard at, uh, at another job. I don't know if I'm at liberty to, to talk personal details about what he does, but I can tell you he, he doesn't necessarily always uh, love it kind of thing. And mm -hmm. so we're looking for the people who, and the artists who are like, I guess the word to put is fed up. And we're not doing that to take advantage of them because I know some people would be like, wait a minute, you're looking for people that need a way out. And I'm like, no, I'm looking for people who are hungry for a way out not people who need it. Because if I looked around to see the people who need it, I'd be blinded by how many people there are that truly need a way out of some things. And the reason why I want people who are hungry for it, like I was, and like I'm, I still am, and I'm, you know, waking up trying to do it every day, is because those people are going to become moral exemplars for the next wave of artists. 
those are the people who are going to say, Hey, I did this. I woke up every morning, despite my challenges. Um, you know, I worked through my therapy. I took my meds. I drank my water. I did everything I could to ground myself, to overcome my anxiety, to do whatever the hell it was and put myself out there. Um, and put my nose to the grindstone. I'm not concerned with taking on a new or budding artist because we took on a few and we've taken on a few who have either approached us uh, like a lot. Yes. A lot of them are spitballers. Um, if you're inexperienced, that doesn't necessarily matter because I can guarantee you that Leanne's creative direction and her instruction can pull the best out of you. Like we have, we have someone Tay who is a relatively new artist, new to doing it professionally. Yeah. And she would, she would be so excited to hear that, you know, and that's it. That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Just, just clip that, send that to her, clip that and send that to, I'm not even kidding. Like just clip that, that moment. And Tay has shown us just through sheer wanting it that she will, you know, she will do art and she will take it seriously and she will like, she can do these things. And I turned around and I sent the spitballers, Seabass, you might have to grab this, this screen cap from the art post channel of the new stickers that, that Ricky printed for us. And Tay's art is in there. Um, and I sent her that and I was like, see, this is, this is tangible. This is real. You can do this. And I'm, I'm putting my faith in you that you can do this because I'm just as uncertain. I don't, I don't go out there headstrong and confident every day in the woodshop that I'm not going to come home missing a finger or that I'm not going to that, or that I'm going to meet my goals every day. There are days I completely eat shit, um, just utterly, totally. And, and I come home defeated. Um, where I can't, I just can't make something work or the technique didn't work out or the, like Leanne will tell you, I'll go into the shop with like a line list of 10 items and I'll be like, yeah, I couldn't get this done today because this came up short or that came up short. Like, but I'm still like out there doing it. I'm in the trenches with you in this. I face the same challenges and not only that, but I have to keep in mind that at the end of the day, I have to produce because you guys need marketing to ride on. My stuff needs to be there to show my faith in the rest of you uh, is, is kind of what it comes back to. So, Leon, you are the art director. So as an art director, you see a lot of stuff that comes through. What is some of the things that you're trying to help people with with um, in terms of their art, fitting with the Tassama brand and also helping them with developing their art? What are some of the, the advice and everything that you try to run? Just, just describe to us some of your day to days with, um, you know, dealing with the artists, helping them and everything. An artist's worst critic is themselves. I know because I am my own worst enemy. Anybody who's ever created anything, you're your own worst enemy. So it's easy to come at it from an objective point to help because sometimes it's just rough and it just needs some fine tuning. Like with not to throw, you know, both certain artists that we've had, we've had their stuff come in and we're like, oh, we like this. And Tommy will be like, you know, we should tell them to do this. I'm like, no, 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 let them, let them. See what they give us, and then we can tweak it and adjust it and help them represent the best part of themselves. Basically, it's just giving it the direction where it may not have any, or just helping fine tune it. 
I had a question for you regarding like mentoring because mentoring isn't something that you just like do it's like a you have to like kind of feel the right moment have the right person in mind that kind of thing I feel like mentoring is something that um kind of comes to you more than you search for it I guess I would have to agree with that (laughs) so with that like taking on taking on this uh Chucklehead over here. <laughs> uh, Guilty as charged. I also agree with that. <laughs> like what you know, early on you said you you tried to keep him from making the same mistakes that you did. Like you saw some of the things and you were like, Ooh. like where's the line of l- allowing someone you're mentoring to make those mistakes and like kind of holding their hand and being like, don't do that because you can lose your hand. Well, anybody where, where's that Charles. line? Yeah, anybody who knows Thomas knows he's going to do whatever he wants to anyway. So <laughs> it, it, oh, yeah. it very much is, it's, try, it's trying to be blunt without being hurtful. Mm-hmm. Like, I think the, the easiest way to approach it, like if anybody was going to, I didn't become a mentor on purpose. Let me just put that out there. But if it does happen, you can guide them nicely like it doesn't have to be mean it doesn't have to be degrading it doesn't have to tear them down like it it comes to a point though where you you just give them the information and hope that they can figure it out like you can only take them obviously so far and with thomas you can only take him so far so he will definitely he definitely has trouble listening sometimes and eventually at some point you just gotta be like, all right, all right, all right. And just not overstep that line where mm-hmm. it becomes more like you're badgering and you're nagging and you're becoming more of a hinder, I think, at that point than you mm-hmm. are becoming helpful. If it doesn't come from a place of love, then it's not worth, I think, maybe doing it. And I've got nothing to love for Thomas, but. Preach. Gotta <laughs> love it. Listen, I, I've, I've said it since like earlier this year, probably sometime last year, that like like invest in good mentors. And I can tell just by like who Atlas is as a person that he's got a great one. So well, thank like, you. invest in great mentors. So you you guys are really building this business. Um, and I like to get people's take on, um, you know, the business side of things, because building a business, especially in this day and age, especially coming off of COVID and all that, it's not easy. It hasn't been easy. So. I want to know, like, what are some of the challenges that you guys have gone through? How did you overcome it? And what advice would you give to someone looking to start a business when it comes to dealing with creatives and everything like that? Biggest challenge as, as far as it goes is, is time. Time is against you. Like time um, time is just not on your side. Um, I would work when I was starting trying to do this. Um, I spent $600 on a hundred board feet of maple loaded it into a two door coop. And you can see this on my Instagram. And I used whatever I could to just to do whatever I can. Um, I batch made cutting boards. And I think there's pictures of that, like all on Instagram, all over Facebook. Um, and basically I was working. So I was bartending three days a week. Um, I, I still work a full-time job. 
on top of on top of working on Tusano and figuring things yeah. out in, well, in an yeah. industry. Yeah, in an industry that is related. So um we yeah, we both do. I I work for a tabletop game company. Um and building it has been like it takes every ounce of sacrifice that everyone romanticizes. And burnout is real. I, when I was bartending, I would bartend three days a week. I would sleep late until probably about 10 a.m. I, I feel would like balance is key. Yeah, balance, balance is a big balance thing. Balance is key. But just, yeah, to tell, to tell people the kind of craziness I went through, and this isn't to scare people off. This is to just be honest with them. Um, and we're still like trying to figure things out and trying to, to make everything work as far as it goes and work for everybody like we're still figuring out a social media marketing we're we're still i'm still figuring out how to have how to have the discipline to do it every day and, and again g- getting back to what i was going to my week was three days on bartending four days wake up late in the in the morning go to a a shared shop a maker space um or you know maybe if i maybe if i was lucky um, shared with my employers or whatever else they let me use the shop on on off days or whatever else and crank out as much as I could at every opportunity I was lucky to be a part of a 24/7 makerspace where I would spend from 11 a.m to 3 a.m like working on on stuff and I would take you know I would take breaks 30 45 minutes here or there but still that's that's well and above a 12-hour day and then I would get back in my car, drive anywhere from, depending on where I was living at the time, 15 to 45 minutes, and then sleep in the next day till I had my bartending job, do the bartending job and rinse repeat because I wanted this to work. I want this to work out. I want to figure out how to make this a sustainable thing and just keep it going. Um, and, and especially for, again, as I said at the top of it, like for the people around me. Um, so the biggest struggle is finding balance, not burning out. And, and if something doesn't work, change direction. Yes. Don't, and don't be afraid. Don't see it as, as uh, listening it's to Rick It's not early. a failure. It's just a, it's just an adjustment. But I want to share this though, because this is something yeah. I learned the other day and I want to, and I want to, I want to share it for everybody who's listening for you guys, for us the nerds. Um, and it was a dope thing someone shared about fail. And the concept was first attempt in learning. So if you break it and, and, and literally. I would that, have that's... to completely agree with that. So obviously not naming your, where you, where you've been or anything, but you've had the opportunity to work at two fairly large, fairly noticeable recognizable brands in tabletop gaming industry, polar opposites, I would say rivals and competitors, all that other fun jazz. What have you gotten from both of those experiences, uh, both good and bad that you are trying to bring in to your company to either replicate or stay as far from as fucking possible? The, the one thing that I've learned from both is stand behind your artists stand behind if you have someone on the floor who is showing a immense amount of talent and who is on the shop floor you and and they do something on the side or they do something particularly innovative don't just like capitalize on the creativity 
that don't just take that idea and and turn it into a product. Give credit where credit's due. Yes, exactly. Don't just don't just take every artist knows about that. <laughs> yep. So don't don't just take don't don't just and that's that's one of the things that I I want to prove is different. Like I have I basically have a cause that everyone else would look at me and go that's bad business. I have a cause written into or understood by all of my artists that if they look at me and say I want out, I give them every last piece of intellectual property that they have with us back. If I commissioned it, I don't care if Leanne looks at me and goes, that's a, that's our legal property or whatever. I'm like, no, no, that's, that's, it is the intent. Why am it's, I saying that? No, no, no. Dude, you gotta put that, you gotta put that on the accountant, man. You don't do it. Sorry. Sorry. Okay. Put that on your yeah, non-existent we okay. accountant. That's who you put My, my intent. Met. Okay. My intent. No. No, no, no. Back to Trino. Because that was a little bit of All right. Number one. So I work for a big box chain. I will keep the name out of, you know, because I can get sued. But um, most businesses, large corporations, treat their employees like crap. Anybody who's worked a nine-to-five, it's you owe them something. And I have worked in warehouses. I have unloaded trucks. I have, you name it, I have probably done it. And that is not right. But I don't believe employees should be treated like crap. And artists especially are treated like crap. They're taken advantage of, their work is plagiarized and stolen. Other people take credit for it all the time. So the main concept is to treat people how they want to be treated, regardless of if we're going to get screwed financially. Like there really is no other way to put it. If you don't want to work with us anymore, that is entirely fine. We, I would feel bad that that would happen. But if it does, by all means, they have the rights to everything back, even if it is legally ours, which I don't know why I would say that. <laughs> but yeah, I would was, give, the, the idea is to give everybody, yeah. everybody their stuff back. They still retain the rights to it. But with the exclusivity, like when we um, commission it, it makes it hard to find. So if it's hard to find, they're going to come. You know what I mean? If you find the same thing everywhere, then they're not going to be as, they're going to be like, well, I can get it here. I can get it there. You know, but with the limitations, it hopefully will drive more sales in the sense that, Hey, they've got, I love, you know, I'm going to throw Kimbo on the bus here. I love Kimbo stuff. I am personally enthralled with that kid. I watched him do a live stream the other day. But we have Kimbo G stickers, which I am a big fan of. We have T-shirts and all that stuff. So if someone's like, hey, I love Kimbo stuff. Wait a minute. I can go get a year. And you know what I mean? If it's on like a million platforms with every artist, I have done it. I've done Redbubble. I've done DeviantArt. I've done, you Mm -hmm. know, all the traditional realms. Yes, Kimbo G. And hopefully it makes it easier for the artist. So all they have to do is approach us and say, Hey, I have, you know, I want to sell my stuff, but I don't know where to start. We can be like, here you go. Why don't we turn it into this? And then they can just spend all their time creating. I saw that you did the plugging there. I'm very proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <guys. laughs> he was, he was on point that time. He was on point. As artists and as people who like work with clients specifically on a lot of, their ideas and commission work 
mm-hmm. where is that line for you guys as artists that like because we've all we've all like experienced it where your creativity either meets or has to take a back seat to their vision how does that how does that usually work out for you guys it usually works out in why didn't we think of that? That's golden. Yeah, Let's that just keep exactly this. <laughs> I like to give them the creative freedom. So Tommy will try to like, not that he's doing it on purpose, but Tommy's brain is very structured. So when mm. he's woodworking, you know, this piece goes there, chair is this. And, it's a bold statement, comment. I'm very aware. <laughs> yeah. Brain, brain so, structure doesn't mean you use a structure. Right. So he, he <laughs> when he relays the messages, I'm like, you know, just give him these three points and then just let him run with it. And he's like, and then I get this thing, like when we first started doing this, this is really bad. And I was getting stuff back and I'm like, what is this? It's like, well, you know, I told him to do this. I'm like, why? I'm like, you should have just let him go with the flow. Like you got to see where it takes you. I think the only things we're not really keen on at the moment is like nudities and graphics, but only because we're trying to start I mean, we have talked mm. about like Tosano's After Dark and stuff like that. So we do have an outlet for that at some <laughs> point. Yes. But I think I I try to give them the freedom to, I mean, you'd be surprised what they came up with. They let Tay run with it. And I was, my mind was blown completely out of the water. Same thing with Kimbo's stuff and yeah. most of the other artists that we have. But I don't think we've come in contact yet very much with someone stuff that we haven't liked unless it was Tommy's bad instruction. Yeah. Ooh. So 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 to your so, so to Tommy's bad instruction. Uh <laughs> do you think exactly. no, no no I'm gonna give I'm gonna give you a way out. I'm gonna give you a way out. There's a there's a way yeah, out of yeah, here. Yeah. There's a way out of here. Um, okay. and I think and I think this has to do from when I remember when I was listening when you were talking to law when you first joined Spitballers, you didn't see yourself in the same realm as the artists that were in there because you looked at yourself as a woodworker. Um, So do you think that when you give that critique, you're giving it as if you're giving a critique on a wood piece where exact uh, specifications is what you need to get the job done versus talking to an artist where they should just be kind of going for what they're feeling. And it's hard to disconnect that, that, that woodworking way of thinking when giving those was that giving him an out by the way because i don't know it if that was, yes, like yes, no <laughs> well i mean the, the problem is i, I want to have one of those moments where i just say yes that's exactly it <laughs> but but at the same time i'm like it's kind of like you're sitting in therapy and your therapist goes did you ever think that your issues with so and so might have and i'm like you know what yeah <laughs> like, so, so i mean not to say like not to just take the cop out but that perspective... That, that is exactly what is happening. That is exactly... He's and trying you're... to put everything in his formula. You can't do that with art because art is self-expressive. It's, I believe that everybody interprets art individually, regardless of how it was created or what it was created for. Everybody mm-hmm. interprets it differently. So I may give one person one project and another... Like we gave Tay and we gave Ricky the D&D project. That's a perfect example. And each one came up with an entirely different approach. Tay, Tay gave us a whole line of like D&D thematic stickers. And we had to go like, we want, 
we actually had our pick of the litter. We want, we were like, we want this one and we want this one and we want you to put aside this one in case we decide to buy it from you in the future. And, and, yeah. And we, we ended up, we ended up with two. We ended up with uh, a centaur that says no horseplay. I was like a little sign. And, and yeah, yeah, it's great. And then we ended up with a ranger sticker. Danger. Like a, yeah. A ranger danger of a ranger with their bow drawn back. This is danger across the bottom. I need that. Uh, <laughs> You can order it from us. No, let me, okay. let me know when you let me know when you get a paladin one. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! We haven't. Leanne, write that down. That's good. That's good. We need a paladin. <laughs> one. A paladin one. I mean, at this point, if you just gotta commit to Nerf, all the classes. Nerves gets five. Yeah. Nerves gets five percent commission on that one. Have <laughs> 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 someone work in smite is right in the twist. There you go. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Yes, please. Not now. Very no, happy is... to give a paladin model too. Very happy. Very happy to provide the model for the paladin. You guys really put force the customer as well. Yeah. You yeah. really listen to the customer. You really go out there and put your all into that to make sure you deliver something that the client loves. How important is that? And 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 just hammer home how important is that business? Yeah. For people to learn yeah um so we on our on our website we have this thing and i this loops back in i promise there's a rest stop between here and the point oh no uh, <laughs> <laughs> um is you'll notice the other thing you'll notice is that all of our stuff has this nerdy underpinning all right you there, you have I don't, I don't know if it's that low but well it yeah, so it has it has the nerdy underpinning. Kimbo has the Saturday morning cartoon thing. Um, we have, you know, the the hammers and medieval axes. It has this nerdy underpinning because what I realized is that there are nerds in handcrafts. There's there's a lot of them, um, but a lot of them feel as if they have to make stuff that's for like the masses, the whole like lit like it's an the, untapped demographic. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, thank you, Leanne. Leanne put it simply. It's an untapped demographic. <laughs> and it's also like, I want people to make stuff they're excited about because then people can take that quality forward. So we focus on our customers by more or less doing things we love. When you look at the cutting boards I made, the reason I gravitated towards cutting boards, and I actually, Leanne blew up my ego by telling me I invented the first cutting board with a built-in salt rimmer. I was like, wait, what? No one's done what? that before? No, 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 no. The first rectangular one. Oh, okay, yes. First there are circle ones, but it, it does not exist. No, it doesn't. Yeah. So so I made this margarita board. It's it's a little like citrus bar board with a, like a dish for putting salt in. The reason I did that was because I am a culinary nerd. I love cooking. I love mixing drinks. I love, you know, experimenting with flavors. And so when you, you, you look at, you know, how can a cutting board possibly be nerdy? And I can sit here and tell you that that, that salt rimmer was designed with the widest available market margarita glass in, in mind. And it's oval instead of circular so that you can tilt the glass and get the full diagonal radius of it. Like I engineered that thing to be perfect because I was a bartender and I knew what bartenders wanted out of a citrus board. When I approached my uh, roast board, I made a blood groove. The roast board is probably the simple, like it's the simple execution. It's classic maple. It has a blood groove. Um, and that's like, that's that because it's simple. It's meant for carving and presenting meat. 
You don't need much else out of a meat board except a deep blood and juice groove. Um, the pastry board is like the piece de la resistance. That's your crown jewel. And that's this big 18 by 24 by like an inch and a quarter thick with laser engraved pie circles. Now we've added a measurement system to the, to the side and the bottom edge, as well as there are handles on all four corners for you to hold the board diagonally or you to pick up the board on the diagonal. So you can go from either end, either side. You can pick it up like wide or you can pick it up narrow is what we went for. And I spent time and I even put a pie crust recipe on it. And then I also put my great grandfather's brandy hard tack recipe, which is basically a kind of soda bread-ish, um, soda bread-ish recipe with brandy for the sweetener. So you end up with this like honey sweet vanilla soda bread kind of texture to it. And I engrave that on the board. So not only does the board come with your pie crust for reference, come with your pie circles, it has this full recipe that has like this buy-in, personal buy-in from me that says like, here, try this. And people can actually prepare it right on the board because it says, you know, cut into three, four inch squares, do this, bake it this, do, here are the ingredients. Here's how like, so it's nerd is baked into this thing. So everything, everything is quality for just simply for the fact that nerdery and passion goes into every last piece. That's the other reason why I was saying earlier, I want people who are hungry for the opportunity because they will produce with passion. They won't just give me something that they're, they're an opportunist or they're this or they're that. They will give me something and, and say and be proud of it because they're, so, they're, they're hungry for it. And that, when you do that, that more or less serves the end goal itself. I don't have to worry about customer service because I know, and I, I do a handwritten note with every board that goes out the door, with every product, with every order of stickers. And sometimes I tuck a bonus sticker in there or whatever else of like one of our little logo stickers and say, give this to your friend, follow us on social media, because I want them to see like, hey, not only is there a sticker in here, an extra sticker that I possibly didn't order, but there's a note from a guy who has the same name as the company saying like, thank you. And this isn't like, even if I, even if I hand typed and made those form letters, I would still hand sign them. Like I, and I also hand ink stamp every card. If you got, if you get two packages from me, well, you got something for, for your, your niece, her, her wand came with a card with a backstory for the wand. And so, so did like, so did the other one I sent you for her father. And, and if you take those two cards side by side, you'll notice that the front logo ink stamp isn't in the same exact spot because upstairs I have an ink pad and a giant rubber stamp and every card like a ritual gets stamped by me and then gets written out. Like I start with a blank craft paper card. I handwrite the note, I put it in the package and then I ship it. So when you do things like that and you make opening it an experience and you take passion, you obviously put it into the product, customer service is basically non-existent. And if anyone comes to me with a complaint, it's like, well, let me print you a label and let's get whatever problem you need taken care of instead of and this is personal. Yeah. I want to thank you guys again for coming on nerds around again, follow them under links below. Um, everything that is related to the Tassano company too, we will have it. 
in the description other interviews, the podcast that they've been on, because again, we want to showcase what they are doing. You guys need to follow them, like them, need to subscribe. You need to buy from their Etsy store. You need to own something in your house that is from the Sasano company. <laughs> more wands. I have. I bought a carving tool so I can do specifically so I can do more wands. I have. A, I bought yes. a thematic die yes. grinder. We are working on the wands. That is currently something that, that we're pro- definitely doing. Nice. More of for sure. Um, we're also working on like more kitschy like bar and, and kitchenware and things like of that nature, like coasters and things like that, uh, catch-alls, shadow boxes. We need we need more small product. Um, and that's why like recently we did with Ricky Will and Tay and Mikey and all of our other artists, we looked at them and said, Hey, I need from you guys uh black and white assets because we need them to be engravable. Because now going forward, my woodworking is going to feature these other artists as like a collaborative product. It's not just going to be stickers and t-shirts and posters and stuff that I can just on-demand print. It's going to be stuff that, hey, I made this. I then put your work on it and I built the piece around the theme of your work. You know, and now that showcases our work, both of our, it's not just my work. It's not just your piece it's not just something I made engraved. It's a collaborative effort between the two of us. So, yeah, oh, and it's it's not just my handcrafts. It's Leanne's paintings, photography, and things like that as well. Yeah. Again, support them, follow them, like them, buy from them. You're going to get excellent stuff. And again, I thank you. No, I thank uh, you, Leanne. I thank you, Thomas, for coming on. Nerds, um, taking yeah. the time out today, um, letting us get to interview you again. So this has been another great creative series. This has been your boy Sebastian. It's your boy, Law. Anybody tone from across the hall. Stay nerdy, guys. Peace. Bye, guys. Later.